You are now locked in to the Midnight Genius Hour. As darkness sets, the resident masterminds of the Midnight Genius Hour deliver life-affirming conversation. Homies for Life discuss everything from music, the arts, sports, and the beautiful and diverse community of El Chuco. Join the geniuses as they share, argue, and debate it all here on the Midnight Genius Hour. What's up, world? Welcome, Welcome, everybody. Midnight Genius Hour. Welcome, Genius Heads. Coming to you February 7th, 2020. Crazy week. Um, For y'all, not from um, Chuko. Got some snow. Pretty crazy. All Very right, crazy. February. I remember the, the night that it started, went out to have burgers, and it looked like a mixture of snow already starting and that was about 9 p.m snow the whole night right yep all night started sticking pretty early woke up to a winter one day and that's very rare very rare it's been what six seven years since the last snow no less than that but that was a heavy snow that was and this like i said into january pretty crazy more fucking evidence of climate change Winter still going on, but yeah, climate change. But then again, we live in the desert. It's kind of unpredictable here. Yeah, high desert. Sunny, what high sixties today? Mm, it's gonna be seventy, I believe, Sunday. It's fucking insane. Beautiful. But uh, no, man, we got a we got a great show lined up for you guys. I hope notes department a little show. bit of a, a break this week, but you hope. Wow. We we uh, we definitely uh, still gonna talk about some shit. Um, I mean, right off the top, let's talk about some new music. Because, again, I think that's one of the big things we like here at the Midnight Genius Sour. Showing new music. Um, always got to be embracing music. But we should always be trying to check out the new great stuff. And hopefully you guys liked what we showed you last time. We also got a blog, midnightgenioushour.blogspot.com. Check us out there. Every now and then we'll do some writings. Latest one is uh, kind of a tribute to Daniel Johnston. Check it out when you have some time. What what, what new jams you got, Nick? Well, actually, I want to start it with yours because I have no idea who this Destroyer cat is. Tell us, tell us a little about that. Let's uh, let's play a little bit of his latest album, and uh, we'll talk a, talk a little bit about it. David Bowie vibes here. Keep that 
playing in the back, but, you know, what's up? Who's this, who's this guy? Is it a band? This is a destroyer Canadian band fronted by Dan Bijar. It's mostly his music, his, his, his whole outfit. He writes everything. You said Canadian? Canadian. This is probably his ninth, tenth album. He's been making music for a while. A lot of people know him as a member, off-member to the new pornographers. New album called Have We Met, and this is... Just Doesn't Happen. So, I like your description, David Bowie. I had never heard, thought of that before. He's definitely influenced by that 80s new wave on this one. It sounds like something that could be definitely old, but it's a new release, and... One of the stronger albums so far, 2020. Very poppy, I like it. Definitely recommend it. Goes on for about 40 minutes. He varies his styles. And sounds like a really focused, strong effort from him. So when I I looked it up to play, I do admit it looks like Kenny G from a distance. <laughs> Man's got some luscious locks. Have we met? Smoke it in your eyes. Just a funny story one time. I went to Best Buy back when I was trying to buy CDs and trying to keep up to date with as much music as possible. I went in looking for Destroyer. Usually I got some pretty good help finding albums that were scattered somewhere. They sometimes did have a good collection. So I went and asked, do you have anything by Destroyer? And the guy immediately looked at me, dead in the eyes, very convinced that he knew exactly what I was talking about. Leads me to the heavy metal section. Yeah, I love Destroyer. They're going to be right here. Go ahead and check them out, man. Needless to say, this Destroyer was not in the heavy metal section. (laughs) So was there actually a, a band, a heavy metal band named Destroyer? That's true, I didn't think about it. Definitely sounds like a motherfucking heavy metal band. I can see it's got like that crazy type bass, white and black background. (laughs) Alright, so dope. Um, I'm going to jump into one and then we'll jump back to Brian. Uh, New release. If you know Sonder, they're a dope band. He's a singer. Um, on that and um, this new album just dropped called Fuck the World definitely feel like that sometimes it's definitely an R&B dude it's got that real smooth like super young cat voice for sure so I guess this is the title track a little psychedelic I like how it starts Fuck the world, I'm a work in erection Spit without a thought, we do it reckless Your nigga call us texting You said, baby, I'll be ready, look how pretty it is Turn up in your mouth, you were speaking good to me So I like this dude because uh, his voice 
like it really reminds me of like early 90s mid 90s r&b you know like you remember that band shy never heard of yes you have like this little uh, effect he does in his voice here Shout outs to uh, trap music. No, yeah, it's just not just trap music. But, uh. That's a nice little beat drop right there. Huh. got that grimy undertone to it no what's that uh what's that style of music from houston uh where it's chopped chopped and screwed oh man i don't know how you can listen to that shit all day but a chopped and screwed remix here and there fucking goes hard that line right there he says um your boyfriend is mad because he caught us texting and and you're like baby don't be mad you know how brett is <laughs> imagine your girlfriend tells you baby don't be mad you know how brian is he's just a little player you know how i do sometimes <laughs> my next artist just happens to be canadian as well his name is andy Schaff. This is a completely new artist to me. He also has a few albums out before, but this is my first listening to him. And I just took a chance, saw a lot of good reviews on it. Multi-instrumentalist, so a lot of the music, I imagine it's him recording it. It's got a real chamber, like bedroom pop sound to it, like he's recording it in his uh, own room, a small studio. We're going to check out a little bit of... This yeah, like in a back song. restroom, like in a back like kind area, like, like in a maybe pool house, little room just on the side of the house. <laughs> but right, yeah, so it's got a, got, a, got a real, real soulful sound to it. So let's check out a little bit of one of those 13 hours. Little bit of slower track, tracks right? on her. from a different time and his voice is kind of unique in his own his own way it's the it's off the 2020 telling of robin hood soundtrack by 
Like, don't you see? Yeah, like. Yeah, it's got that little folky like vibe that old to it, little sure. Renaissance fair vibe. I like it, but the melody, I'm almost getting like a hip hop. Yeah, he's been making music for a while too. This is a completely uh, new artist to me, but I'm gonna definitely be checking out his older stuff. And this is in the heart of his latest album, The Neon Skyline. That's about to end right there. I like the cool-ass instrumentation. That's dope. That was a Barry Sax right there. All right, so going to my last pick. Um, a band. I'll be honest. I don't know exactly where the fuck they're from, um, but their name is Poolside. Love the honesty. Mm-hmm. Hey, like I said... Notes department still think it's a fucking snow day. I think they told the whole week off. Anyway, so Poolside, um, I mean, their music literally sounds like you should be listening to Poolside with a fucking beer in your hand. Don't judge a book by its cover. There you go. But uh, this is uh, their newest album. Just dropped today. This song we're going to listen to is Can't Stop Your Lovin'. The band linked up with a lot of different other artists, like singers and stuff. And so this is featuring a cat named Panama. obviously play out his stuff uh, a really really funny story uh, cool memory is if I am not mistaken poolside played on Halloween night like 2014 15 maybe yeah I was gonna say that we checked them out I just don't remember I, I don't think it was Halloween because I want to say it was in the summer. No, and you're right. So that was run. the second time they played and it was a fucking DJ set. Do you remember that? Oh, so you've seen them two times. Yeah. Nice. So, and I, not slandering these guys, okay, but I cannot stand when a venue books a, a, an act and they, you know, portray it as if the band is going to play but then you find out just one of them is going to be playing records like that's not the same fucking thing yeah if it's going to be a DJ set just say it's a DJ set you know who does that a lot here locally um born and raised that's uh, a, a bar on Saragossa had a bunch of people come and they perform like First off, it's a DJ set, and it's like literally almost an appearance fee. I hear they only play like 15, 20 minutes, and then it's like, all right, I'm just gonna walk around. The DA? <laughs> I never heard of that. I have no idea who that would be. Is it Solange? The royalty? The royalty. Oh my god, that's all. The, the, the Lusitania. Oh, your homeboy. Shots. Mexicans at night. Where's Rafa at? Rafa, where's he at? Dude. I'll pass him. Rafa, if you're listening, 
El Paso's always had great music, but there was a yeah, time in our lives. Woo, really great bands. Oh, Mexicans at Night was a, a whole ass vibe. A human element, I think it was called when Rafa was with Mouse. Rafa, Mouse, if you guys are out there. Always welcome to the show. That was a nice jam. That that was like a feel-good jam. I think that's why we just started talking about feel-good stories, like good local music and hanging out with good people. Those good vibes. Hope those genius heads enjoying those good vibes. You hear us drinking, you're having a good time. Hope you're having a good time with us. So, definitely, um, you can find all that information about the music we just uh, tuned into on uh, the Blogspot Man, midnightgeniushour.blogspot.com. We gotta post this music on there. Yeah, so that's where you'll be able to find it. Um,. Uh, what else? You want to talk about some updates? I know I definitely want to talk about an update. We uh, we had the breaking news on the Midnight Genius Hour about the coronavirus. Oh, man. And we are sad to say that it has not yet been contained. But we are also, it, we got to be honest in saying that it's not a pandemic and it ain't crazy yet. But we got to get into your homeboy, Nick, being sick. He was out for a couple of weeks. What what happened? To tell us your story. I mean, how did you feel? What did you do to recover? So I'll tell you this. It was a little weird because we here at the Midnight Genius Center told you all about the coronavirus. And your boy comes down with eerily similar symptoms. Motherfucking high fever. Fucking dry cough. Um, Oof. I even had stomach issues, but who knows what I had. Sorry for the TMI genius heads. I can really go into it. But we want to know more. Did you take anything? What were you doing to get better? (sighs) Okay, so um, usually if it's the cold or if it's the flu, those are viruses, guys. So let's talk science. And viruses do not react to antibiotics. You just have to let your body fight it out. You can definitely take you know things to help, but antibiotics will not be the answer for a flu and or cold. So I did have the hell of fever, and I was trying to not take anything like a dumb, tough man, but I finally broke down and started taking ibuprofen to chill the fever out because, Wait, fuck. you're saying you didn't even take some kind of... Flu over the counter, derma flu. No, no. why? Those are played out. What do you mean they're played out? No, I don't. I don't believe in none of that shit. If I if if I can just fight it naturally with a little vitamin C and water, then that's what we're gonna do. But uh, we're glad you're back. That was a two week battle, but shut the fuck up. It was one week. That was a two week. Battle Royale. <laughs> but I, I think it's... Uh, I think I read that the coronavirus um, took a uh, American uh, life the first time today. Really? Was it today? I didn't know about that. I do know about the... Just a little while ago, I think. But the, the doctor that was arrested in Wuhan that was you know trying to sound the alarm, he unfortunately succumbed to it as well. I think that for the most part, it's been contained to Wuhan and that area of China. No, it's everywhere. You're crazy. Guys, Brian told you all to chill out last episode. I'm not saying to chill out. You cannot listen to this, You need to be proactive and careful and keep on your P's and Q's with your germ watching. Wash your hands. Do a lot of the right things. Pound the water. Drink fluids. But... It's not time to panic yet. That's all I'm saying. Keep up to date with the updates, sure. But we're, we're not at the point yet where it's a panic mode. Um, right. Either way, this, you know, we can we can argue as much as you want about when panic mode is. But, but the point uh, is uh, the homeboy Nick is back. Yes, guys. 
He was back. He did not succumb. And yeah, um, let's let's talk about let's, let's talk about the latest Trump news. I mean, he's back to stay, and he's probably gonna get four more years. So that's technically an update too, because um, the senators that we needed to flip did not. Mm-hmm. Mitt Good Romney, point. Mitt Romney did, um, you know, vote his conscience on one article, um, thus basically bringing hellfire upon him by all the fucking brainwashed GOP. Everybody yeah. hates him right now. Right away, Trump said, "Kick him out of the party." I think that was Don Jr. He's the first that one. douchebag Don Jr. Good point. It was the the one. Yeah, it was if definitely I see Don, Don Jr. in the streets. It's motherfucking on. You and Stephen Damn. Miller. Let's fucking go. You sorry for the TMI genius heads, but for sure, I think I read that uh, Mitt was the first Republican to vote against his party. Yeah. I mean, an impeachment is always divisive. But we still needed, what, three or more but, on top of that? come on. I mean, the... The biggest point, though, is do we have a chance to, to stop this hell and not have four more years of it? If the DNC does not get in Bernie's way, yes, we 100% do. Bernie can invigorate the young population who are apathetic and don't vote. He can get them to vote. He can get the black vote, and he can even get the immigrant vote. I saw, I believe, in Iowa, um, the caucuses just happened, which was a debacle, if you guys haven't been watching the news. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, but this dude had, like, I believe, uh, mosques open, you know, casting every single one of their vote for, for Bernie. So, I think that... I think he, you're definitely right about energizing people. Bernie has that, but it's because he comes with the actual full, the full plan. He actually has concrete details on what he would do to improve our country. But at this point, I think they move on to New Hampshire. Uh, well, Bernie will probably dominate since right next to Vermont. He's got that home... Uh Hometown audience. The big news also was... Uh, that Biden might drop out. Uh, fuck Biden. Because he did so, so poorly that he might drop out. Did Another big him? thing that... Did you see that lady that wanted to take back her vote? Because she found out that oh, Buttigieg was gay. What a <laughs> fucking puta. What a loser. She was like, what? He's, uh, he's he a needs, homosexual? He needs to read the Bible then. Oh, no, but then I need to change my vote. And then the lady, she's just like, oh, ma'am, I'm not sure you can do that. But he's a human being like us. <laughs> but he needs to read the Bible and heal himself. Yeah, really wrong. Please, let's not be so narrow-minded. And she's a Democrat. Goes to show you that they have a lot of swing votes that could go either way. People, again, like we talked about it last time, that voted for Bernie, they didn't vote for Hillary. Some of them voted for Make America Great Again. Because people want passionate change. People that are willing to try to make things happen and we gotta get bernie in there feel the burn so my big thing with bernie is um his message has been consistent since the man entered politics like i mean he has not changed he's not wavered um when it was unpopular to uh to support the gay um, what they would call agenda, but just it's just gay rights and human rights for them, um, for that community. I mean, it was not PC to support those causes in the 70s when this man entered politics, but he was there doing it, and racial equality. And my biggest thing is economic equality. I mean, shit. Do you want to talk about back in the day at UTEP, man? I was... Self-described Marxist, bro. Fucking revolution. Sometimes we need some drastic change to be able to 
make something happen. But we're for sure going to get a lot more into this. Sounds like a good topic that you should write a, a long and passionate speech and post on that blog, maybe. Oh, maybe. Y'all need to check it out for sure. MidnightGeniusHour.blogspot.com Let's get into... You know what? Let's get into what happened a couple of weeks ago with your boy, Kobe Bryant. Man. I mean... That was another thing that when I was sick seeing happen was just surreal it hit you harder it hit it hit the whole world hard and and that's what i take away from it um i haven't seen anybody excuse me anybody's death um hit and impact such a large audience not just in, in here in the states but i mean globally it was it was insane to see how his death affected people i mean my personal, you know, story just about hearing about it. I was actually napping. The kids were napping, and I uh, woke up about one thirty-ish, and boom, Huffington Post, Kobe Bryant dead. Shocked beyond belief. Sad, and then moments later, find out his daughter, you know, rest in peace, Gianna Bryant, was on the plane. I mean, that's when I just, you know, couldn't stop crying, like, legit, as if, like, I lost someone that I, you know, loved or knew. And I think that's a, a big thing a lot of people were talking about, like, why am I crying? I never met him, you know? But I think that's completely and totally fine to be moved by someone that you might not have never even met. How'd you find out, or what's your personal takeaway? I think that life moves us. Because that's how unpredictable and challenging life is. That's why we go and watch movies or listen to music and look at art and cry during it. Me personally, it was a early Sunday. Went to watch a movie at the Alamo uh, Draft House and went to have some drinks starting the day off early and of course they have it on ESPN so they're posting about it right then and there and I remember we went to another bar and they had a mixture of the coverage press conference about to start and what sporting events were on that day but the Laker fans just started pouring into the bar with their Kobe Bryant jerseys and really little, so you were at the bar and you started noticing people come in with Kobe stuff yeah little by little they poured in this is now uh, about 1 p.m. our time mountain standard time and at this point they're about to have the press conference where the uh, I forgot who it spoke not like the DA but a sheriff yeah. a detective spoke and gave what details they were going to share Calabasas and at that point they still kind of had the DJ playing music but there was a good amount of Laker fans spread out around the bar and by the time I left to get something to eat and head home <sighs> that's when they had just the music turned off and they were just listening to it Wow. You could just hear the sniffles and, you know, just people talk, probably talking about it. Tough, definitely. Like I mentioned, it's, I think what people really have a hard time dealing with is just how uh, unpredictable and how unreasonable it is. Yeah. I mean, of course... Not just his daughter, but of course, um, I believe seven other people, um, you know, yeah, families, sure. other other little girls, of course, a pilot. I mean, geez, life is just like, what, why? And like you said, he, <coughs> you don't have to know somebody. He, he was very unique. And 
I was never a Laker fan, but nothing but respect and I mean, yeah, then definitely very, very, it's been, it's been what, two weeks almost. And it's, it's going to take a long time for anyone to be able to move on. I mean, my, my personal history was at first I hated Kobe, man. Like I just hated, I felt like he was a ball hog. I didn't like the style of play. He was cocky. And not to me, you know, you can be cocky, but there's like an entertaining type of cocky, and then there's just like a I don't fucking can stand Kobe type cockiness. But with time, you know, he kind of changed. He got a little bit different, um, and as I found myself respecting him towards the end of his career, and then I think a big thing with a lot of people was like how he transitioned out of playing. And how he became so invested in his family, which was beautiful, his daughter, and like the Mamba Academy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was out there like um, being a mentor to people. I I love the way he was always progressive about everything, and how he never talked about her being a, a female basketball player, but a a basketball player, and. He was proud of being a a girl dad, I think is what they called it. But he he was one of those people that whatever he did, he was going to do it at 100 percent. And like you said, like you also someone that when he was playing, oh, man, I couldn't stand him because he was so badass. He always wanted to take the shot. I think one of the biggest things that I really admired learning about him and really taking into account and really feeling the gravity, he won his first championship when he was about 22. That's when he won his first championship. When he's in his early 20s, they win three in a row. Then he has to go through a few years struggling and wins another couple championships all in his 20s and it, it just it's crazy how we judge people when they're out there just living their life performing and like you said once he finished an amazing career he went on and just tried to be even more amazing and continue being badass at everything you gotta just respect that if you haven't seen it um he won an Academy Award for a, a short film he produced, narrated. Uh, the only, uh, only NBA player to ever win an Oscar. Academy Award, yeah, man. Uh, what's the name of it again? Uh, for the Love of the Game? Or Love of the Game? Notes department slacking, but you can find it on the blog. Or just Google Kobe Bryant. I think the notes department took the week off or something, or two weeks off. But check that out. Man, rest in peace. Um, The Lakers are going to actually, or I guess the family as well, the Bryant family, are finally have decided that um, February 24th will be the actual memorial um, in Staples Centers. In Staples Centers? In the Staples Center. Um, which, of course, people are saying the house that Kobe built. Um, so that's going to be a super hard thing, man. At this point, we'll take a nice hard swig here to the man. For sure. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Gianna Bryant and all those lost in that, you know, horrible day. Talking about Hollywood and L.A. We're going to talk a little bit about favorite films and performances this last year. Anything that that any film that you really think of 
was your favorite? No, man. I'll be honest. I haven't haven't been on the film game very much. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I mean, there's definitely a lot of films you saw this year that you probably can't remember of, but I mean, you saw us. You saw Nyong'o was good. You saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which a lot of people consider one of the best movies of the year. So, me and Brian, homies for life. By the way, it's still playing at the Dollar Theater. I've seen AMC. Let's go watch it late at night. Almost uh, walked out. Almost walked out. No, no, but let's go watch it again and let's drink and watch it and we'll laugh the whole time. You'll you'll feel different about it. Trust me. So, I am a huge, huge Tarantino fan. Really? I mean, I I felt like I was like a, you know, one of those bros that's like, oh, he can do no wrong. But I always go into a movie and I'm, you know, I can be critical. And man, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I fucking hate it. Definitely couldn't disagree more. Brad Pitt teams up with uh, Tarantino once again. I gotta say, I love Inglorious Bastards way more, but this movie is a little bit different because Tarantino gets to be a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more storytelling, not a lot of crazy violence. The scenes where Brad Pitt goes and visits the old man, where he finds all the girls there, the ending where Brad Pitt goes and takes a walk and smokes that cigarette. The, the, those little parts okay. really. This is a so. great critique, and Brian, you have to be honest with me now. Tell me what the hell was he doing with the way he portrayed Bruce Lee? What was that? And if you haven't seen the movie, it is, in my opinion, this motherfucking toilet. The in my opinion, shack rules again. That's your karma, because calling it out, yeah, I mean, that's what Bruce Lee was maybe portrayed as no. when they were making it. I don't know. Why would you Why would I you? I don't know what Tarantino's Bruce... thinking when he decides to pray, portray okay. Bruce Lee like that. Now, if but I it's not going to detract from the movie quality to me. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. It's just, it's a scene that comes out of left field. Where they make Bruce Lee, who, for a Asian American um, martial artist that actually got into uh, the movies and made it big for himself, like to portray him as such a, I mean, yeah, I think what Tarantino said. I think what he said on the subject was that he heard a story that someone told him that Bruce Lee did and he just went with it so he used creative differences to make what he heard of a story listen I'm not calling Tarantino a racist but in portraying Bruce Lee that way he comes off as a racist okay yeah that's what you're saying he is by saying that and at the same time it's like yellow face like you know Asian American minstrelsy that's what it felt like and that's just one gripe. I mean, the rest of the movie to me just drags. And yeah, well, we can obviously agree to disagree on that one. Because <laughs> we got a lot of other good movies to talk about. These people don't want to hear us just griping about that. We'll have one episode, if you guys really want it, of just us talking about Tarantino flicks all day long. Tarantino's the man. But... One real quick, I just have to guess, give a, a... Since you don't got a favorite memory. movie... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. My memory about Tarantino um, and his love for El Paso, Chugotown, throwing it out there, is Christmas night, um, Django premieres, packed fucking huge crowd in Tinseltown in the big theater. So there's like, I don't know, 1,500 people jam-packed for that showing it doesn't fit 1500 yes. people 800 Give me a break. 800 okay well let's just preface it even more in saying that this packed theater is obviously why you like it more than fucking 
Once no, upon a time, because it's a better because it's a better film. That's why I like it. It's hater. a better fucking film. What a hater. Anyways, I've been around to my store. So packed house. Um, that sounds so good. We're so. in the we're in the front row almost because wow. we we got there late. Damn. And ten minutes into the movie, you see you know Jamie Foxx's character Django chained up as a slave. It's horrible. It's ugly. It's you know it's supposed to be in your face, and then Christoph uh, Waltz's character rolls up, shoots the fucking slaveholders, and uh, or shoots one of them, and then gives the gun to the other slaves, and then they go over there um, to shoot that fucking other slaveholder, and he's like, "No, come on, guys, take me down to El Paso, and I'll give you your freedom." And uh, like everybody in the crowd was like, "What?" Like they just threw out El Paso, and then, <laughs> they shoot him in the head, and like the entire audience erupted, like literally, like yeah, like it was a fucking basketball game, and like <laughs> LeBron just dunked. It was such a fucking cool experience. <laughs> More movie talk. Well, I'm trying to talk about our favorite movies. I gotta say, my favorite movie that I really loved, top to bottom, Parasite. South Korean movie. I saw it at the Alamo Draft House. Beautifully made with uh, South Korean with the English subtitles. You feel like you're watching a thriller, suspense, horror movie, slash drama, slash black comedy. You know, like dark humor. Dark humor. Um, but. One of the best lines I read is that you could take any still shot from that movie and it it looks like a painting. It, it reminds me of a Stanley Kubrick film. There's no other movie that's more entertaining and more about the time. So I highly recommend that. I had seen that uh, a few theaters are doing a special uh, black and white edition of it that the director cur- curated himself. A black and white of Parasite? Yeah, a black and white version. And the director said himself that he watched it the second time in black and white. And it just feels different. I I highly recommend it. It'll have you thinking for a long time afterwards. And it's, it's such a creative story. So unique. So many twists. You gotta check it out. I, I did a little bit of, uh, you know, just research on the uh, director. I forget his name. Um, but, I mean, this is not some sort of one-off for him. I mean, the dude's been doing Korean, you know, fucking thrillers for a, a while now. And I'm really excited to actually see all the other movies that, you know, didn't get the acclaim that this one did. But yeah, another one that I, I really loved that that should have gotten more talk was Uncut Gems. Shouts to Adam Sadler, man. That's still a movie that deserves much love. Just today, I was there at home flipping through HBO and Punch Drunk Love was playing. Adam Sandler, when he gets down and really goes for it, he can really act. So I definitely recommend Uncut Gems. I saw 1917. I have to admit, it's a well-done movie because it's unlike any other war movie you've seen. It's a thriller, suspenseful, great music. So I hear the big thing with that one, um, from a cinematic, you know, cinematography perspective, is um, it's as if it's shot in all one sequence. Yeah, right? I think they they try to make it look like it's one long shot. I think That's in crazy. the end they did it in two shots. It took a lot of planning before each shot. And that one's really good too. I really recommend that one. And I also saw The Two Popes. That one is really good because these two actors balance off each other. I man. Geniuses. Your boy has two kids. It's hard for me to get out to the movies, so... Uh, I mean, I think there's a way to check them out, either online. 
There's an Almodovar movie too. Pedro Almodovar. Is that the one Spanish that um, Banderas is nominated yeah, for? Yeah, he's nominated wow. for that one. That's a strong one. One of my favorite directors next to Tarantino, Almodovar. Oh, I was mentioning the oh. two popes. That director is Fernando Mireles. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you. Yeah, I think But he, was... he is well known for directing City of God. Wow. And this movie is completely different from that. So nuanced, subtle, but very, very uh, well written. Definitely, you definitely should should check out The Two Popes. Saw Bombshell recently. That one's really good. But all these movies, definitely well worthy of their recognition. So you're hyped for the Oscars, bro? I mean, I always like to try to watch the the best films that are being talked about. And when it comes to the Oscars, sometimes they get it so, so right. Talking about Moonlight, 12 Years a Slave. And sometimes they get it really wrong, like Green Book. I don't know. A lot of people Can't are win saying... Them all, like Titanic. I mean... Uh, Forrest Gump. I'm sorry, but Forrest Gump, great movie, but Pulp Fiction should have won. And I'm sorry, Titanic definitely should not have won. As good as good as it gets, much better, much better. We're talking about foreign films. Life is Beautiful, 1995 Italian movie, nominated for Best Picture, should have won. Um, Hopefully, Parasite wins. The Actor from Life is Beautiful won Best Director, something Bernini. He won Best Actor. Best Actor, I mean. Um, he went up there, like, started jumping on everybody. Um, he went up there, like, it was the greatest yeah, moment in his like, life, yeah, probably sure. was. I remember that was a really cool Oscar acceptance speech. So I was going to say that that's perfect because um, I wanted to talk about. Um, everybody probably has uh, Joaquin Phoenix shoe in for Best Actor for mm-hmm. Joker. Mm-hmm. So what's that crazy motherfucker going to get up there and, and speak? Well, I was actually thinking about that. I think we're going to... Lately, he's been... Uh, they, they're saying he's more humble, more just accepting of the praise. Negative. But he's been talking his shit at all I these award shows. I think at the beginning, but lately he's, he's cooled no. off. I think he's gonna. He's I gonna, think like less than a week ago he was like, "We need to address the racism that's a part of our industry." Blah blah blah. Mm. That'd be nice to hear. But if we're talking about best actor, Adam Sandler was robbed. He's not even nominated. Robbed. He's not even nominated. Adam Sandler was robbed. Not um, even nominated. Again, I get it. Maybe you can be pissed off because he wants to make a bad movie. I read that he made some jokes about the Academy, but judge an artist by his work. He was robbed. It's unfortunate. And uh, Lupita was robbed too. But on that note, definitely want to talk about some music. Posted it lately on the blog. It's going to be on a blog that we got, midnightgeniushour.blogspot.com. And it's an artist that, sadly, because sometimes I'm too much living under my rock, not paying attention to what's going on out there, and I find out that this great artist passed away. Uh, last year in September until just a little while ago watching the Grammys and their in memoriam feature so gonna play a song here by Daniel Johnston this cat was um, from Austin Texas correct Austin Texas he would walk around and pass out cassettes of his music to anybody that wanted it Talking about, would you call it bedroom pop? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> this I think, dude's all about recording in his bedroom. Just 
I think he, the, the brand that he created is outsider music where you teach yourself to make your own music and you create it in your own do-it-yourself way. I respect those people, man. And so this is definitely him in his basement on his little organ instrument. We have a big history with Austin. Um, never lived there, but visited it and that, frequently. And that's one thing that I mentioned in the post is his artwork is, I mean, so representative. What really got city. me into his music was when we went to Austin in 2008. He did the poster for the festival, and he was there signing at one point because you know how they have the signing times. Mm-hmm. He was there at one hour on Sunday signing, and I didn't go and get his signature because I had no idea who he was. Get blessed. I was just like, oh, this guy did the art? Wow, cool. All right. And so I got the picture of the poster there on the blog. And some beautiful artwork by Daniel Johnston, but he passed away in September. What, what What did he pass of? He had uh, mental health issues, but he had overcome those to an extent. But he had health problems. I think he had kidney failure. And apparently, after the kidney failure, he was out of the hospital doing better. But his caretaker was going to go check in on him. And he declined. And the next day, they, they found him. And I think the official cause is a heart attack. No official autopsy is going to be done, which uh, I found kind of troubling, but I guess that's their decision. But they're going to try to come out with maybe some of the music that he never released, because apparently there's a lot of music that's just there that he never released because he was always recording. So we'll see what comes out of it, but I'm reading his little bio right here on Apple Music and it says he many times in his life exhibited delusional behavior and can you imagine having a loved one that you know sees and hears shit that's not there he, he was someone that was making beautiful music in spite of his mental issues and not because of it and I think that he showcased that while life is hard uh, it can be beautiful in its struggle. And I think that's what his music really uh, uh, affected a lot of people like Wilco. And I think even Mac Miller gave a thousand dollars to a, a funding page they had a couple years ago when he had his kidney failure. So a lot of people really love Daniel Johnston. Yeah. I'll do a one real quick in memoriam. Uh, I came across an album from one of my favorite artists who has, you know, already passed now, Miss Aretha Franklin. Um, it's a gospel album where, of course, her roots are. And to me, it's like this definitive kind of sounding gospel album that I never really heard of. Um, but I, you know, came across it just recently, and let's just play something real quick from that. On that note, 
We're gonna end it right now. Have a good night, genius head. Check out the blog, man. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll post on it. Maybe your man Nick will get on it. We love you, El Paso. We love you, genius head. Take it easy.